0: The Mavs have a Bob Volgaros or Horalobos Volgaros problem. Who could have predicted it? Well, I could have. June 5th, 2019. From me to Mark Cuban's personal Gmail account. No trolling whatsoever. You know how to find old deleted tweets, don't you? 90% of his tweet history is filled with crap talking about how stupid coaches and players and GMs and everyone are, probably including Rick Carlisle. Have you shown Rick Haralabos' thoughts on the Saunders family? Disgusting. If he's a cool analytical mind and has some useful insights, great. But you should at least do the right thing and make him apologize publicly for his whole history of coach bashing. Mark Cuban replied, Seven minutes later, thank you for telling me what to do. I tried to tell him. I tried to warn him. And plenty of people, I'm sure, tried to tell him and warn him about Bob Vulgaris, Because the issue, again, is that Bob Volgaris is an asshole. People in the gambling world will know better, and I know he's got a whole bunch of people on that side of things who also despise him and question his... Uh, supposed gambling winnings and methodology and a whole bunch of other things. But all I know about Haralabob Bob is that, again, he has thousands and thousands and thousands of tweets just destroying lifelong basketball people, coaches, GMs, players, I wish I had screenshotted more of these. I'm pretty sure this is the only one I have because, you know, in 2014, who in the world would run around screenshotting tweets? What would the purpose of that be if you, you know, assume that they're going to be around for a while? But I know as, as a guy that followed him and, you know, occasionally enjoyed the random observation here and there. The Bob Vulgaris' entire deal was, again, bashing coaches, just destroying basketball people. Here's an example, December 13th, 2014. Is there a rule when you coach the Timberwolves that you have to let your son be an assistant coach too? He then retweeted somebody who replied to that, talking about Ryan Saunders, who is the Tim, was the Timberwolves' assistant coach son at the time of the late Flip Saunders. A reply that said, Guy isn't the sharpest tool in the shed either. Makes Flip look like pop. Haralobos then also commented, If there is said rule, you may not want to let him do the sideline interviews till he can at least pretend to sound competent. There's a lot more, far, far worse than that again, about people who have been in the game longer than he's been alive. So no, it didn't surprise me in the slightest when The Athletic came out with a pretty scathing report, which, of course, Rick Carlisle quick to call BS and deny, but notably, nothing from Rick Carlisle, nothing from Luka Doncic. Bob had a brief comment saying that there's no drama from his end or something like that. But interestingly enough, that quote I saw was given to SI Dallas something. And you can find that on Google. But then when you actually click the piece, that quote appears to be gone. Which might be nothing or it might mean that, you know, he wasn't even authorized to be speaking in the article yet. And quickly made them delete his quote which he wasn't supposed to have even given. Because, you know, you can read too much into words, but when you say something again like there's, on my end, no concerns or whatever, seems to leave a pretty big gap, as in, on everybody else's end or on Luca's end, there's clearly some animosity. He doesn't know how to talk to people, Source said in that article about... Bob Vulgaris. What did he sell to Mark to make him believe he can do this? Nobody knows. An embarrassing 2020 draft where he supposedly didn't even consult with the scouts about the team's picks, Josh Green and Tyrell Terry, despite disagreements the scouts had. An incident in an early February game against Golden State where Volgaris Sitting across from Dallas's bench, motioned downwards with his hands, seemingly telling Luca to calm down. Which Luca replied, Don't fucking tell me to calm down. That's weird, by the way. Sitting in his seat across from Dallas's bench, if he's a respected quant guy, if the coaches enjoyed him or had any respect for the work that he did, you know where he'd be sitting? Behind the bench advising them directly. Wouldn't be sitting, plugging away across from them, probably sending Cuban all the ways the Carlisle's screwing up and second-guessing everything. An incident in April where Bob left the game early, a home game, against Dallas. Excuse me, against the Knicks. Where Dallas was down 10 with 45 seconds left. Game likely over, but they ended up rallying back to six, played it out, made it competitive. But Vulgaris was seen on the broadcast footage standing up and leaving with 45 seconds left. Ended up extending the game, seven more possessions. If the players have to hang in there and play till the final final buzzer and foul and, and dive on the floor and give their bodies up, the little quant analytics front office dudes aren't supposed to leave early. You just hang in there and wait till the end of the game. Luca noticed it. Apparently, viewing it as quitting on the team. And Bob Vulgaris didn't attend another game the rest of the year. How about that? Just wild. It's a shame because. You know, the one thing I do admire, and I have admired in the past about Cuban, the fact that he is not overly concerned with being politically correct, not concerned about cancel culture. He he speaks from the cuff. He doesn't need everything to be carefully vetted through a PR firm, you know, going on to the fact that he would reply to emails personally. I'll take you back even further. When I was in college at the University of Maryland... I emailed Mark Cuban again and asked if he would come and speak to a student group I was in charge of at the time, the Sports Business Society, and Cuban did. He said if we got tickets to a game and and arranged a meet-up with him, like in D.C., he would come talk to us, so sure enough, we bought tickets when the Mavs were in town, and an hour, two hours before the game, Cuban came and and met with our group of 60-something people for... 45 minutes before a game, answering questions. He said, one rule, no tweeting, no no Facebooking, no photos of this or anything I say, and I'll answer anything. Put your phones away and no recording, and I'll, I'll speak from the heart. And he did, and he was brutally honest and said some things that he'd probably be canceled for today, and, and I admire that. But it's also proven at times to get Mark in a lot of trouble particularly with how he's run his organization, the dysfunctional culture filled with sexual harassment, Earl Sneed, the CEO that was just actively abusing people, the scout uh, who had a whole bunch of other scandals, to him as well, there's a whole history of articles and things of dysfunctional culture inside the Mavericks front office and leadership and so on and so forth, and usually involving Cuban hiring shady characters who ended up, sure enough, being shady people. And Bob Volgaris is just the latest in that long line. You can call me an asshole, I I fully admit, in my current media capacity, I absolutely can be one. But no, you won't find a single person, in good faith, who thinks I was an asshole during my time in basketball. During my time in six years with the Wizards. That doesn't happen if you're an asshole, no, really, I was just the quiet dude behind the scenes, mostly, whose work was appreciated by coaches and the players, and you put your head down and you grind and you work. You're occasionally not afraid to tell guys what you see and, and speak your mind, but you sure as hell know that the players are sacrificing a whole lot more physically and mentally than you are, and appreciate them for you even having jobs in the first place. You certainly don't make it about you and your showing up star players or thinking you can tell them exactly what to do. This is who Bob is, though. This is who he's been. (laughs) Even, I'll tell you, a couple years ago, Maybe even last season. I forget exactly when this one happened, but I voiced my criticism again of Bob on on Twitter. And sure enough, he, searching himself or checking his mentions or something like that, decided to clap back and say, we're doing fine over here. Hope the Patreon is going well. Just an obnoxious, needless shot that you don't do if you're in the NBA to somebody that's on the outside. You don't concern yourself with opinions of people like, like me right now, like random media people. You certainly don't clap back at them about their attempts to make a living on Patreon. This, again, is who Bob is. That's... <laughs> That's the issue, and it's always been the issue, and it's clear as hell that this was going to be an issue. And the fact that Luca apparently can't stand him, that should be all the evidence Cuba needs. Get rid of him. There's plenty of smart analytic minds who are also smart enough to just send the data, send the information, Give their insights. Let Cuban see it and inter- try to interpret it and advise. But stay the hell out of the way. Put, the- put your head down. Sit in your seat. Do your job. Don't leave games early. Don't tell Luka Doncic what to do. No player wants to take that crap from a suit dude who's never played five minutes of competitive basketball in his life. Of course, yeah, Bob Vulgaris, I'm sure, has some good analytic insights and analytic analytics-driven spread pick-and-roll offense with Doncic as the focal point. That's Volgaris' vision of the team, blah, blah, blah. Great. Congratulations. It's led them to a lot of offensive efficiency. And a lot of points per possession. But ultimately no next level playoff success. Because as Rick Carlisle no doubt knows. Those things don't always work in the playoffs. And you can't only play one way. You can't only do what they've done. Because as much as the spread pick and roll might be great in the regular season. It might lead Luka Doncic to have 50 point nights in the playoffs. And... and play phenomenal basketball, you need to involve everybody. You, they need to ultimately find a way to post Chris Dapp's Porzingis, find a way to get him more involved, run more sets, not be as predictable. All the things that I'm sure Rick Carlisle knows, Haralibos doesn't understand because he thinks things are solved through a spreadsheet. They're not. That's always been, again, his vision of basketball. And it's why, like I said, going back almost 10 years, he would relentlessly crush coaches every single game for the most nonsensical things, for things that nobody else thought, for things that were commonly accepted, just coaching philosophies. Things that were tried and, and proven over hundreds of years. And that doesn't mean they're always right. Doesn't mean you can't have an outside insight or outside opinion. And maybe there are some things that, you know, the data supported changing. But coaches are meticulous as hell. They study the living crap out of the game. Again, they've been doing it, some of them, for. 30 to 40 years every single day for hours and hours on end. And just because you have a little spreadsheet that says it's always a better move to jack up a three with 30 seconds in the quarter and play the two-for-one game instead of (coughs) getting a high-quality shot if one's not there doesn't mean the coach is an idiot. Doesn't mean Terry Stotts has no clue what he's doing. Nate McMillan is a clown, Flip Saunders, blah blah blah. All these head coaches that have been doing it forever. I know there's a lot of people in basketball that were rubbed a very bad way by his hiring in the first place. And so again, it comes as zero surprise whatsoever that now he's actively Upsetting not only Luka Doncic, not only, no doubt, Rick Carlisle at times, but other Mavs, scouts, front office people, Donnie Nelson. He doesn't know how to talk to people. You have a mind like that, fine. He's a good betting mind, good at creating his own algorithms, good at his spreadsheets, all those things, great. Fine, utilize his insight. Have him email you some projects. Take it into account. Talk to him (laughs) daily, whatever you want to do. But don't have him fly on the team plane. Don't travel him with the team. Don't stick him out front and center. Have him in person at the draft while everybody else is on Zoom. Actively making the draft picks, not even listening to the scouts. Causing friction between him and your actual GM, who's done a pretty phenomenal job for the most part. That's the problem with a lot of these analytics guys today. They don't know how to relate to players. They don't know how to relate to coaches. And again, they just have an attitude where they think they know more than everybody. And right away can uh, can step right in and, and tell guys how everything they've been doing their whole lives are wrong. It's not the right mindset. And Bob's a sensitive dude, too. I'm a sensitive dude. I have no problem admitting that. I'm thin-skinned, obviously. Don't take a lot of the criticism well. Have a tendency to fly off the handle at times. But again, I also know that if you're on the other side, when you're in the NBA, you can't be thin skinned about that. <laughs> you, you can't take that criticism personally. You put your head down and work. Again, Bob's so thin skinned that not only would he clap back at me publicly through his account in a public tweet, just an embarrassing way to handle things, to even have that much freedom. I mean, I wasn't, nobody was allowed to even basically tweet while you worked for a team. The only people that were allowed to publicly comment on things, players, the head coach. No assistant coaches, no staffers. The team monitor everything. If you tweeted, if you Facebooked, if you said anything when you're a staff member, as in not the head coach, not a player, (laughs) you get in big trouble. And the Mavs have... Bob, with still a public verified Twitter account that he's tweets less and less about basketball, hardly says anything about basketball, but occasionally he will chime in and will clap back at people. I'm almost certain he's even created burners and such, or at least has minions of his that he has unleashed on people like me at times, has came in DMs and talked about how dumb people are and all the ways he's smarter than you because he has a bunch of analytics. He even blocked me on Instagram. Instagram. I didn't even really know you could do that. From my Scout with Brian Instagram account, I type in haralabob. To try to find his Instagram. And it's currently gone on there. I can go back to my personal account. Type in the same thing. And there he is. Haralabob. He's got a private account. I think that's his handle. Haralabob. Just like that. But on Scout with Brian. It literally doesn't even show up. He's blocked me on there. Probably for tagging him in something before. Talking about him being a crappy person. And how Mark Cuban should get rid of him. He doesn't get it. I hope this has been eye-opening for Mark Cuban. To understand that analytics have a place. They can certainly help you at times. But they can also alienate tons of people in an organization the people that matter matter far more and are going to lead you to far more wins and money and sustained success than Bob Volgaris is. And keeping those people, Luka Doncic, Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, your scouts, your coaches, your players, happy is far more important than keeping Bob Volgaris happy. Again, that's only one tweet. I might even have more. I I know there's (laughs) more about... Flip and Ryan being in a tanning salon... Liking to uh, getting stuck in a tanning bed. Something to that effect. Basically, just saying that they have no basketball knowledge, that they're, you know, just uh, more concerned with looks and things like that. And again, that's one tweet. If it was just one isolated thing, one tweet, fine, everybody, you know, says one or two stupid things in their lives. But again, I promise you, (laughs) that's one out of, Hundreds, thousands probably. It just happens to be the one that I still have saved on my phone. But if you have any more, feel free to shoot them to me. Instagram, scoutwithbrian, scoutwithbrian.com. Find an email on there. You have any of his old tweets or anything, I'll, I'll gladly post them. I'd love to, quite frankly. Because again, they're really bad. And they're really vicious towards coaches and players, and probably even Rick Carlisle, probably even guys that were <laughs> that he now works with before he knew them. and again, it's one thing to to criticize or to you know make an observation that you think somebody isn't isn't doing something right or making a right decision or something, but it's another when you make it personal and criticize their competency or intellect or Why they have a job in the first place. Just again, things that you don't do to lifelong basketball people. Analytics, again, they have a place, but there's a lot they don't understand. I hope you check out my latest YouTube video, What the Analytics Don't Get About Chris Paul in the Mid-Range. What they don't get is that it's not about Chris Paul. Because Seth Partnow, Andy Glockner, the usual analytic heads, what they love to reply in in things like this is they always think they're exonerated. They say, what are you pointing to Chris Paul as an example against analytics? Of course the analytics say Chris Paul should take mid-range. We fully support this. It has a great points per possession. No analytics guy would tell Chris Paul not to shoot mid-range. That's not the point. That's not what we're saying. The point is the future, player development. What if John Morant started shooting five mid-range jumpers a game, shooting 35%? You know what you'd tell him? You'd tell him to stop. And it's why he basically shoots none. You know what you tell him to do? You tell him to work on his three. That that's a more efficient shot. Okay, so job ja tries a bunch of threes. He makes some in the playoffs. He misses a bunch. Shoots right around the break-even point from three. And you guys consider that a success. What's more important? job ja being able to shoot 33-whatever percent from three? We're becoming a killer from that mid-range, having kill spot shots, being able to just rise up and elevate and destroy people from that mid-range area. That's what they don't get. That there's an opportunity cost to only prioritizing threes, to saying, just take threes and rim, don't even work on mid-range, don't even think about shooting those in a game. They don't understand this part of the game. Because, again, it's if you use your time spending 30 minutes every day trying to develop Giannis into a three-point shooter and working on his three-ball relentlessly, which is what Milwaukee did. It's what Budenholzer did. And I think the biggest mistake that has them in the predicament they're in now. Giannis can jack up a million threes and, you know, shoot maybe 33%. But he's still wildly inconsistent out there. And ultimately, defenses will always applaud when he takes that shot. They're always going to Draymond or Ben Simmons him almost. They're going to play 30 feet off him and dare him to shoot that. And a 33-32% shot is not consistent enough to be meaningful in the playoffs. A 40-45% two. Yeah, isn't the highest points per possession in the world. But a lot of times it's a good shot in the playoffs. In games that are 86-83 between two regular season offensive powerhouses. A lot of times in the playoffs, teams are super locked in to taking away rim and threes. So you have to take what's open. You have to have other solutions. And the Bucs don't have that. Because Giannis isn't nearly the killer that he should be in the mid-post in the Kobe-MJ area. Even the killer fadeaway that LeBron had in Miami. And he's added to his game that allowed him to be a champion. Allowed him to reach the level that he needed to reach. Instead, the Bucks worked for thousands and thousands of hours on Giannis's three. All for the results to be pretty much unchanged, ultimately. And teams to be thrilled whenever he takes that shot. The question is about player development. It's about these young point guards that are the future of the league. They're not Chris Paul from mid-range right now. Nobody is. But do we allow them to take that shot? Do we allow them to grow from there? allow them to fail so that they can have that success later in their career. As I said in the video, the Wizards analytics department back then literally tried to ban Bradley Beal from shooting mid-range jumpers because it wasn't an efficient enough shot. He didn't shoot it at a high enough percentage for it to be worthwhile points per possession. Thank God, Randy Whitman and Bradley Beal and the whole coaching staff thought that was a load of nonsense and told Bradley Beal to keep shooting, which led not only to more playoff success back then than they've had since, but also Bradley Beal now to be the second leading scorer in the NBA in large part because of his dominance in that area. You know how he became a mid-range killer? You know how Kawhi became a mid-range killer? CP, KD, all those guys, they were allowed to do it, even when they weren't the most efficient in the world as young players. Nobody's saying we should take 35-year-old players that can't make mid-range shots and say, oh, yeah, you you guys just go out there and shoot them all the time now. No. What we're saying is it's an important shot that young ball handlers, young guys that are focal point of offenses, that are going to run... High volumes of pick and rolls. Trey Youngs, Donovan Mitchells, Luca's, John Morantz. Guys like that, they need it as a tool. And they should develop it more and be allowed to shoot it. And be allowed to work on that aspect of their game. And oh yeah, no, it's no coincidence either that having Chris Paul and Devin Booker, two guys that kill in the mid-range, super important in the playoffs for the Phoenix Suns. Super important going against a team like Denver that doesn't really have a threat like that. That can, during the regular season at least, get a ton of layups, get a ton of threes. But when teams are more locked into that in the playoffs, doesn't really have a guy, without Jamal Murray at least, who can create from the elbow, who can rise up, get his own shot, who can knock down those shots against drop coverage. It's why the mid-range is far from dead. It's why they'll always have a place in the NBA. And it's even why specialists like Jamal Crawford should still be in the league. And yeah, that is another issue with analytics, that they didn't see the value of guys like that and how guys like him could have helped a playoff team, provided some essential high-percentage scoring, even if it's not the most efficient, even if it's not the most points per possession. There are plenty of instances in a playoff game where I'd rather have a 43% 2 than a 33% 3. Sometimes you just need a bucket. Two points is better than zero. is better than two, but two is better than zero. Mark, I tried to tell you. I'm sure I'll be hearing from Bob about this. I sure hope you'll... Do the right thing. Get him out of there. Realize that he's toxic to your current NBA team, your billion-dollar franchise, your billion-dollar player. Dudes don't like him. He doesn't know how to talk to people. He's alienated Luka Doncic of all people. Are you kidding me? Get him out of there. He's a jackass. When you've tweeted things like that about long-time basketball lifers, you don't have the respect of players. You don't have the respect of coaches. You have to have that. You're screwed without that. To be a high-ranking front office dude, he should be an emailer. That's what he should be. Fine, you want him to email you again once a week, twice a week, sure. Sure. He should not be remotely visible. He should not be across from the bench on his laptop chirping away. He should not be running the draft. He should not be motioning anything towards Luka Doncic. Sit him the fuck down or get him out of the organization. Period. Thanks for listening. Scout with Brian again. YouTube, Instagram, The podcast, obviously, Hot Mic app, Hot M-I-C app in the App Store. Code SCOUT, all caps. I'll be calling the game tonight and tomorrow. $50 cash giveaway for both of them. And if you like my insights on basketball, you'll really like, again, hearing me call the game live on Hot Mic with a live chat, live X's and O's breakdown. And, again, a $50 cash giveaway if you make your predictions Pre game and are the, on excuse me and are the most accurate. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review if you can. Let me know what you guys want to see next on YouTube and Instagram, Scout with Brian. Thanks again, Mark Cuban. Do the right thing. Get him out of there. Take care.